Hello, everyone. Welcome to Inflection. Uh, Inflection is a podcast that helps strive for the best in people and, in turn, helps people discover the best versions of themselves. Um, uh, Inflection was started uh, so for to help people discover um, that investing in themselves is the best way that people can move forward in life and garner self-respect and confidence. And the, the podcast came from uh, my personal experience in the pandemic, which was very difficult for me and a difficult time for a lot of people. And I often felt lost, unsure of what um, I was supposed to do in life. And uh, I was kind of isolated from a lot of people. And in that isolation, uh, I started ruminating a lot, and that spiraled into into negative thought processes, and with negative thought processes, that comes with a, a bevy of mental health problems, anxiety, depression, and I don't know where my life was going. I was I had no direction, no purpose. Um, I was just doing classes because I needed to do classes to graduate, and I didn't really know uh, what my purpose of existence was, what my, why, why I was on planet earth, what I needed to do to accomplish, uh, what I was put on this planet for, you know, and, and what I needed to do to discover the best version of myself. And I'm sure a lot of people were in this, were in a similar thought process during this time, during this tumultuous, uh, during that tumultuous period. And, um, I started this, uh, podcast, uh, to, for people to have a refuge and be able to look at this and and hopefully get inspired by this and and go out and make a difference in the world and and realize that they're more capable um, of doing things than what they previously might have thought. So and this has been a time for an inflection for me, and I would like for others to have hear about this and improve the quality of their respective lives and. Um, and achieve an inflection and um, hopefully change for the better. And uh, and yeah, and uh, Connor, what is what is some what does inflection mean to you? And what are what are some things that you um, want to inflect from? And would you mind telling telling us a little bit about yourself? Oh uh, yes, uh, my name is Connor. Yeah. Uh, I'm a, uh, I I. I enjoy doing uh, racial justice and uh, social justice things. Uh, it's what I want to pursue in life. Um, and it's, uh, and I would say inflection can mean a lot of things. I'm still learning uh, what it actually means, but um, I would say it's very similar to sort of a reflection uh which is like to me that's like reflecting on past experiences and bringing them like the the experience and the knowledge that i've learned to experiences that i'm currently living and i will live in the future um and so uh kind of excited to talk to you about that today uh but yeah all right, thank you, Connor. Um, how has the pandemic 
affected you um, and how has a pandemic made you want to change and are there specific things that um, you want to change in your own personal life or that you've come out of um, through the difficult times of the pandemic? Uh, yeah, I think, um, you know, I, I got the, the pandemic allowed me to uh, be able to reflect a little bit more on uh, my own life. Um, and that's, it is a bit privileged uh, because I got a chance to be able to do that. And not everybody, you know, some people had to go to work, a lot of essential workers had to go to work. Um, but there, and some people ended up passing away due to co having COVID and uh, all kinds of stuff. But I got a chance to reflect on a lot of uh, who I am and, um, you know, what I am. I did a lot of uh, reading uh, took some classes as well, um, did a little bit of w organizing and uh, work on campaigns and things, um, and, um, you know, witnessed some of the stuff that was going on firsthand, um, and the inequity and the, um, a lot of that pushed me towards the uh, organizing, which is just, uh, which is activism and, uh, building campaigns, um, side of things. Um, and, um, so that's kind of how the pandemic changed me. I got a chance to reflect on what my purpose is in life, um, and things like that. I still struggle with uh, the ideas of purpose, uh, and, um, I think that uh, sometimes I feel like my purpose is too organized, but sometimes I feel like it's kind of just to survive. Um, uh, and um, yeah, that's kind of what I've been thinking throughout from the pandemic. Uh, it's still ongoing, obviously, but I mean, quarantine specifically. Yeah, I agree completely. Um, I think the pandemic has made me realize just how privileged I am in some aspects and, uh, you know, how the lives of others in this country, um, the United States, um, isn't as fortunate, you know, and there isn't a lot that they can hold their head up high for, you know, and, um, I think, um, I think a, a big inflection that we as a society um, should uh, engage in is realizing um, parity and, uh, and encouraging parity. And I think a lot of our society is, is so instantaneous in satisfaction. A lot of the lives of uh, those not, uh, those who aren't as fortunate as us kind of goes missing a little bit because uh, their cries are often on dead, deaf ears because of um, a lot of people who are infatuated with money and status. And uh, that was exacerbated with the pandemic, with a lot of price gouging and things of that nature. And uh, it just became a, a people, it became a game of who had things and who didn't have. And um, I, I totally agree. And I think as a society, we should reflect in that regard. But coming back to ourselves, um, mental health was a, was a big problem. And it's, it's a huge problem 
um, for the nation, but also the world. And uh, what do you think we as a side need to do to inflect and come up as a, come up with a solution to this problem, uh, to this ongoing kind of uh, epidemic with you know depression and anxiety that was perpetuated by the loneliness within the pandemic and isolation and how do you think uh, people should get out of that and, and discover their value? Uh, I think that uh, that people can uh, discover their value through community, uh, building community with others, um, you know, finding if they have time, if they are able to access uh, certain spaces, uh, find uh, community in uh, hobbies and things that they enjoy, uh, and uh, you know, and things like the quarantine. Uh, you know, the best that we can do in finding community is over Zoom, uh, watching movies uh, like I did with Nikhil, uh, or uh, joining uh, groups on Zoom, or you know doing things like that. There's also, um, during quarantine, there was also the ability to uh, take up different hobbies like running or walking um, or any kind of like exercise at home or, you know, going uh, to, uh, you know, small places in your neighborhood. I don't remember specifically the rules of quarantine where how much you could be out and how much you, like where you could go and where you couldn't go. Yes. Um, you know, Very true. isolation to the park or something like that yeah. would be was something that I did um, maybe towards the end of quarantine. Um, uh, but I think as far as addressing mental health concerns, uh, it's, a, it's a lot larger than individual action. Uh, it's going to require us all coming together uh, to uh, tackle large systems uh, such as uh, corporations and uh, you know the government itself and the way it functions and the way it handled the pandemic uh, I think those things need to be tackled at a systemic level uh, and until then uh, we cannot truly achieve some sort of uh, you know good mental health uh, collectively until that happens yeah, I agree. Um, it's definitely a systemic problem, and it's top-down, I think. And a lot of people don't understand that it's an intersection of, of, uh, of many things. And um, I think, um, like you said, it's just, I think, uh, the more you keep your mind active, uh, the less time there is to ruminate and, and feel sorry for yourself. And... Um, I think it's it's really important to realize that we're not alone in this process, or we're not alone because if you if you feel bad about something, then there are probably like hundreds of people that feel the same way, and in that given period of time, and uh, it's important to seek refuge, and it's important to fight from that and not let that be this cascading cycle, and and seek immediate you know assistance. And, Indeed. Uh, yeah, I think that's that's uh, something that we as a side should reflect upon because 
a lot of us don't get the help we need because we're afraid to discuss the nuances of the problem. And uh, the more straightforward we are about that and, and uh, understand um, that, especially men, feel that way too. Um, I think I think the society would be in a better position. And I think that's something that a lot of companies can deflect upon and, and rectify, which I don't think is going as well as it should be. And for me personally, um, you know, watching movies has been a great way to, to immerse myself in different worlds and reflect from the, um, the storms of existence, so to speak. And um, I think uh, just, uh, I think journaling, that's another underrated way to do, uh, to address um, your thoughts. I think I was, yeah, it's a good one. Who's um, I have a lot of thoughts going on all the time, and sometimes it's like a tornado in my brain, as as I just as I would describe it. I don't know if you, do you feel the same way, Connor. I don't know that we have the same problem. ADHD. Yeah, I feel like I have a lot of thoughts uh, in my head, and um, um, I don't have structure. I, yeah. No, I was gonna say I always fail to uh, write them down, yeah. and I try to remember what I was feeling in the moment because yeah. I had such a good way of describing it and I forget. And so that's what I would want to use journaling, journaling for. Uh, yeah. So for me, I have this problem where I just dwell in the past and I just worry about what happened to me like two years ago. And that causes just a lot of thoughts to, to just float around my head and linger constantly. And um, that causes me to go, just like not being the present moment, it's just like just go back in the past, relive these memories again and again and again, and nothing good comes out of that. You know, that's that had been my life since high school. You know, I'd been stuck in the past. Oh, this person did this to me. That person did that to me. Oh, I was didn't get the the score I wanted. I didn't get the grades I needed. I didn't get the 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 position on the basketball team. Right? I didn't get the um, position on the swim team. I wasn't. Uh, elected on student government, just all these things, and analyzing and hyper-analyzing these factors of what caused my depression in the past is what made me forget the present, and me forgetting the present is what I think led me to underperform in many capacities. And I'm sure this is a problem that a lot of people face with mental health issues, like not being the present and not focusing on the present and making difference in the present and kind of losing out of many opportunities in that process. I think journal, journaling is a great way to keep your brain in the present, I think. It's a great way to inflect from a lot of these negative thoughts. Don't you go through Connor? What do you think? Yeah, I agree. I think it's a good way to stay in the present and to, uh, mm -hmm. to learn from yourself, to learn from your thoughts. Uh, and to understand the way you think, uh, yes. yeah. And it's a great way to write everything down and then and then see, you know, kind of look back and see the, the growth you've made since that time. And just write things down and then analyze them and then and realize that the past should stay in the past. If you, if you keep things in the past, um, in the present, then that just go to be depression magnified and if you worry about things that are happening in the future or going to happen in the future 
and uh, in the present, and that's going to cause anxious thought processes. So it's important to be in the present and not in the past or the future. And that's something that I've gotten out of the pandemic and something I wanted to reflect from. What do you think? Yeah, no, I agree. And, uh, yeah. yeah. You agree, okay. And uh, what do you think, as a society, we need to reflect from? And this could be anything. Uh, what do I think is uh, what as a society we should do what do better to change like something that needs to change society whether it be like the geopolitical situation or anything that we need to fight for I think as a society we yeah. need to uh, do uh, multiple things uh, such as not individualize uh, mental health uh, you know I think uh, the pandemic, the, the quarantine and the pandemic has been collective trauma. Yeah. Um, uh, the entirety of Gen Z. Uh, and for our... Do you think Gen Z possesses greater trauma than previous generations? I think Gen Z possesses a lot of trauma, but I don't know that it possesses more trauma than any other generation. Uh, but I do think that Gen Z has witnessed uh, multiple crises and understands that the systems that are in place by society and that have been put in place by primarily the West uh, are not necessarily working um, to prevent death, to prevent, to sustain life and to make life livable for everyone and so i think that our generation is uh saying that a change needs to be done um and a lot of other generations especially gen x and, and the boomer generation uh kind of don't want that change and so um there's developing somewhat of a uh conflict between generations uh, there. And, uh, but unfortunately the boomer generation and uh, Gen X have the most money and resources so they control the means of uh, kind of like how society runs. So yeah, that's what I think. Um, exactly. I, I completely concur. And, um, I think um, as members of Gen Z, we should be uh, understanding that we all face trauma and a lot of us maybe exacerbate it more because it's, it's more easy to talk about it now. But I think trauma does get passed from generation to generation. I think uh, it kind of adds upon, you know, like a lot of things that our parents, uh, you know, faced in the past kind of indirectly haunts us because um, they might have experienced that trauma and they did that trauma out on us. And I definitely feel that way in my experience, um, whether it be familial, cultural, or you know, traditional. And um, but I do agree that it's something that no generation is, is deprived of, so to speak. And with uh, you know trauma in mind, 
going back to our topic of you know maintaining mind, mindfulness and uh, and being spiritual, how do you think we can go about rectifying a lot of this? Do you think uh, something like meditation could be helpful, or how do you think uh, practicing mindfulness, mindfulness and meditation could help rectify a lot of trauma within Gen Z? I think that mindfulness and meditation can help uh, in the moment, uh, just uh, with a trauma response, uh, especially with uh, PTSD type responses, uh, CPTSD and and PTSD. I think that it can help uh, uh, calm anxiety, uh, calm flashbacks, uh, and things like that. Uh, I think that it can also help uh, with uh, understanding deeper feelings and um, like translating um, certain feelings in your body to like translating them into like words and meaning uh, so you understand what uh, certain pain that's connected to trauma actually means. And so that's, I think that's what meditation and sort of reflections uh, can be helpful for. Uh, Yeah. I agree. Yeah. I think it's a great way to, like I said, remain in the present and um, detach from the outside world or Maya and be able to, uh, Maya is a Hindu spiritual context. Some people might not be aware of that. Um, but detach from a lot of the distractions that are present in the world around us and remain present and uh, attach ourselves to our own conscious. And I think that is something that's going to lead to greater productivity, greater awareness, and I think uh, greater success because we are privy to a lot of the animosity and disdain that runs rampant in society that we see on a daily basis that we turn on Fox News or, or uh, even like other networks as well, you know, like Truth Social just or Parlor, just all these negativity stuff. I think getting away from that is, uh, I, mean, I mean, just being used to that on a daily basis kind of like primes our mind to be a certain way. Detaching from society, in a way, kind of helps you um, garner that uh, mindfulness that we all desire. And, uh, yeah, and uh, if there's something this year, in 2023, uh, is there something that you personally want to reflect from and that you haven't yet done so, considering we're halfway through the year? what is something you want to improve upon in your personal life? Uh, I think I want to become more independent, uh, more reliable, and uh, more able to function on my own uh, and uh, kind of uh, overcome a lot of the depression and anxiety, especially social anxiety with talking to folks. Uh, oh, yeah, something that uh, I do have as well, so I can definitely understand where you're coming from. <laughs> Indeed. Yeah. 
and I think it's important because it's um, it's important. It's an important strategy or an important tool for organizing uh, folks. It's an important to understanding uh, how to you know uh, take care of yourself, uh, and it's important when you have a partner as well uh, to kind of like not overwhelm the partner and not have the partner be a caretaker type role uh especially if they're already tired and they've had a, historically have have had to uh, be put in that position and so uh that's kind of the things that i want to uh improve uh, yeah and uh, yeah that brings up a, a, a follow-up question from my end um in a you know being in a, in a partnership like yourself um what are some things that um, I guess society kind of forces us to, to do in an ideal partnership that you would like to get away from and reflect upon in order to overcome some of the trauma that uh, relationships might experience and, and be more healthy. Um, I think that uh, number one is gender roles and uh, uh, gendered ideas of what a relationship should be. Uh, and what I mean by that is that uh, ideas that that uh, specifically women or uh, female appearing individuals uh, are essentially the the people who are who men go to with their problems, uh, and and they they talk to them, uh, and then they like they put all this weight on them, uh, and. Uh, it's a it's it's another burden for them, uh, and I I I don't know like it it would be hard to explain here the full extent of, of everything that I'm talking about. Um, that's that, that's one Thanks. example. Thanks for trying. Yeah, of course. Um, but I think the other thing um, that uh, is important to kind of uh, stay away from what society is saying is the uh, is that a lot of folks on TikTok and Instagram and things are obsessed with uh, ideas of codependency, uh, and while codependency, real codependency, can be very toxic, in that one one partner may be relying on the other for basically all of their needs and that's uh, toxic but I think that society likes to label um, a sort of uh, I don't know the word sort of a reciprocity uh, relationship a reliance on each other or any kind of communal uh, sort of relationship um, as sort of codependent and society likes to put an emphasis on individualism in that you are morally you, you it's a moral sort of a morally better identity if you are independent and if you are uh on your own um and this this uh, individuality is an emphasis that has been put and uh, institutionalized in our society by uh, a concept called neoliberalism, which I would ha I would 
have to explain on another day, but it essentially allows corporations, uh, focuses on an emphasis on individualism and an emphasis on making sure that everybody is separate so that no one can come together to overcome corporations and things like the government trying to, uh, I guess, say that the COVID-19 pandemic wasn't that all that big of a deal. Uh, why? Because it's good for business type type of, uh, uh, you know, ideology. Uh, there's the emphasis on individualism. Uh, essentially makes corporations powerful and bringing that back to relationships. I think that um, people tend to like take on these ideas of individualism and, and put them onto relationships. Uh, and I think that uh, those, those kinds of ideas can be dangerous, uh, especially when they come from a white perspective. Oh yeah, that's very um, uh, inspiring. And uh, I didn't know um, how neoliberalism intersects with relationships. And I think that's, that's something I learned today. So thank you, Connor, I appreciate that. Indeed. Uh, that's, uh, that's, uh, that's the beauty of um, our conversation today is, you know, we talk about things in our personal life and uh, we learn about the plights of others in the process. And uh, this is the type of discourse that we, as a society, should collectively engage in, I think. Indeed. More so. Um, and uh, and I think, uh, I think that should wrap up our um, podcast today. Um, I think, uh, I hope at least that we've uh, done our part to inspire people to overcome their own respective mental health barricades and in a way um, feel more comfortable inflecting and discovering the best version of themselves in that process by detaching from the negativity that surrounds us in omnipresent fashion. Um, any last words, Connor? Or your, what's, what's something that you'd like people to to take from this podcast. Yeah, I hope that uh, people uh, reflect and inflect upon uh, there we go. the COVID-19 COVID and how it is uh, essentially uh, made a hole, like uh, punctured a hole in what we have thought of as a solidly functioning society. And I mean that for privileged people who, and a lot of academics who think that, uh, say, capitalism is a, is a flawless system. And even those who agree that capitalism is not a, is a flaw, is a flawed system. I think that the COVID-19 pandemic was a wake up call for them. Uh, and I hope that people reflect upon how their identity and their spirituality is tied uh, into ideas that have been dispersed by uh, white, the West, which is most, most of whom are white, uh, and how spirituality has been, and, and individuality 
uh, has been like essentially how we've been told to be individual and how we've been told to heal individually and how communities look down upon at times uh, and how healing has been looked down upon itself as well um, and how we can use healing to empower ourselves and uh, overthrow some of the problems and solve some of the problems uh, that that uh, the COVID-19 pandemic uh, showed us and demonstrated. Yeah, that's great. I think uh, you, you uh, it, there was one phrase in your statement that really resonated with me and that was our identity and spirituality are forever intertwined. And uh, I think uh, spirituality is something that uh, a lot of us take for granted. A lot of us think is archaic in nature, but there's a lot that we as youngsters, Gen Zers, technically um, can learn from spirituality because it's laid in with tradition and it shows how um, with, with the bare minimum we can survive well and that we all have power within us to overcome any obstacle that we might possess and um, I know a lot of us in this day and age are going through a lot so uh, it, if there's one thing um, that people can do after listening to the podcast is is inviting and realizing their identity can't be defined by external factors it should be changed from within and that can be accomplished with spirituality and um and that's all that's something we all need uh, given the uh the harsh reality of the pandemic yes indeed indeed and um that should wrap it up thank you so much thank you